everyone. Great to be back in Podland. Why are you introduced it? Uh, we're episode... I don't Why know what... I am introduced... Paul, because I am in control today. Okay. Paul's sitting in a dressing gown and a bubble hat. I am not up. in a dressing gown. I'm fully dressed. I've got okay. cords. I've got a black polo neck on. I've got... Yeah, uh, under, underneath it's a bit... Uh, all because the lady likes. Yeah, I am. Yeah, a lady yeah. loves milk tray, but yeah. I've just got my favourite. Does she love it or like it? She loves it. She loves it. She fucking loves it. Anyway, here we are. Episode... Um, can't remember, oh 14, 15. Stop counting the episodes. And we're back from France. We made it through the barricades because the gilets jaunes. Through uh, the barricades. The sh <laughs> through the gilets jaunes kind of riots, mini riots. The best one of which was when we went on the payage. <laughs> we actually lost our ticket on the payage. It was extraordinary because when we came to the, the bit where you had to pay and give your credit card, there was like a couple of policemen standing there and then nearer the bit where you put your card into the machine there was a group of the gilets jaunes you know the of the high vis rioters the rebels the rebels and they the rebel army they had somehow got hold of the of, of the arm uh, of, of the the thing that lets the cars through well, you they know, just you got know the, the, the arm and they just let us through without paying with the police watching us stonily grumpily grumpily yeah and i thought that wouldn't happen in britain I mean, they've, and they've backed down again. The government have backed down again. Yeah, I saw that. Anyway, so and then we the we, French government always back we, down. We, we made it back up, made it back over the ferry. We did an eight. Because they're shitting it. Actually, they're shitting it of having their heads chopped off. That's what it is. They've done it once before. I saw. Did you see a thing on Facebook with the guys uh, with an angle grinder taking out a um, ATM machine right in the middle of Paris? Wow! Right in the middle of Paris in daylight. They got all the money out. <laughs> Well, actually, you didn't see them taking the money out. You just saw a long shot or kind of medium shot of them doing that and then a close-up of a hole in the ATM machine and nothing inside it. Well, they must you have assume something must have gone on between the two. Some people are um, capitalising on it, on the unrest, aren't they, to, to reap. They're doing some reaping. Yeah, right. Because uh, they, they, I love the way they went straight for the most expensive shops in Paris. <laughs> yeah, in, in London they'd be, they'd be doing ready, McDonald's in, in Lewisham. They'd be ready on top them. They'd be rioting in Leighton, wouldn't they? Exactly. Footlocker. I saw them breaking into Footlocker Pool. I'm sure I told Woolwich you this. got absolutely hammered. I, I, you know, Footlocker in Kilburn. I, I drew up that hot night when, that, when those riots were going off, and I carefully eyed the the. There were about nine guys smashing into Footlocker on the corner of Kilburn High Street, and I was on the in the. Um, uh, the traffic lights, just waited for them just about to go green. And I shouted out to them, size nine, if you will, <laughs> something nice. We've got a pale colour, size nine. Could you just bring them over here? And um, th thinking it was very funny. And I looked but they, and then I looked back at the lights and they'd gone red and I couldn't get away because there was traffic going, going, going across the junction. And I thought, God, if they don't think I'm funny, I'm going to get into trouble here. But I got through it. Did, did anything happen? They were smashing into it. They should have. They smashed. Did they not come over and give no, them no, daggers? Get me a size now. I think I told you this. And then uh, shortly after that, I went to Jamaica. And in Jamaica, in the little bar way up in the hills, a bloke asked me if I wanted to buy a suit. It's a very unusual thing. And I went into this back of the bar, and there were like four suits on hangers, still with the next um, price tags on it. You know, which must have come from that those riots managed to get into a bar deep in Jamaica and only a matter of about a week or so. Amazing. Yeah. Globalisation. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we, so we came back from France. We, we went on a... This time we went on an eight-hour ferry. Makes change from the plutocrats stealing things from people, doesn't it, guy? That yeah. happens every day. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm in a good mood today. 
Well, brighten up a bit, for Christ's sake. No, I mean, I'm, I'm annoyed. Just, just brighten up. Leave the little petty, petty domesticity behind No, I'm thinking, what about you. this? You know, I mean, everything, you know... Why is everything such a mess, Guy? Because we it's are... It's more your generation. Because we are, we are, I'm afraid, we are hastening into chaos. And when those pictures of Mars... That's someone, where we're said, That's you? where we're headed. Yeah. There's no mistake. And um, I think most people are gone, well, there's not very much we can do now, but just... Except it, and it is it is really chaotic. Well, you know what? It's funny because there's not much that most individuals do because they don't have the power. But what if you've got like what if you've got real money and real control? Could you not do something? Do you think? Yeah, run away, make a huge uh, compound, <laughs> and put loads of guards <laughs> around it, and don't let anyone come near you, and put air conditioning in, and, and for the hot weather, and pull patio heaters for the cold weather. Apparently, that's what you do. <laughs> Apparently, it's a real problem, though, when you do that. If the balloon goes up there, what do you pay your staff in to keep them loyal? Food. You just don't shoot them. They've got the guns, guy. Oh, right. That's the point. Oh, well, that's it. It's, it's always, there's always some good, loyal people who will, who will help you out in the oh, time. To an extent, perhaps. Mm. Until someone makes them a better offer. Apparently, it's one of the things when you go on these security symposiums about the possibilities of future revolutions and problems is how to manage your armed staff in your compound without having them turn against you and take everything off you. Well, being nice to them, I think, would be the first thing I'd try. Yeah, you'd have to be very fucking nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a large problem of a huge staff that can turn against me. I've just got Karina, my cleaner, who I think I could take out, actually. You kind of see <laughs> She <me>. came at me <laughs> Well, actually, she's yeah, pretty, don't you see she's, me? She you is stronger me. than me. She, she lifted some, she lifted some furniture <laughs> last do, week. Guy. Yeah, she actually, she flattened me. Lovely Karina. She's don't great. you see me as a member of staff in some ways? In some ways, yes. But yeah, I'm well, like well, said in public. It's the only thing I say in public. Then my man. Have, then my, you have got problems. My my man Paul. Then you have got problems, guy. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, we 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 got back to England. We went on an eight-hour ferry from St Malo. We had to share a cabin. That, that was lovely. Paul's not the, not the kind of man you one would normally want to share a cabin with. He was like playing on the bunks. He's such a little boy. And you did. Did you then have to he, talk he, about then this? Then he got on the light switches and flicked them on and off. And I said, "Paul, this I'm trying the, to this read." This is private time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, look, he's jumping up and down. Like, Don't jump on the bed. It's not. It's not polite. I was trying to make it look like lightning in there, and it was very effective. Actually, <laughs> guy was screaming like a child. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! As I flicked the lights on off and it really looked like a lightning storm and everything became like a strobe light. Yeah, it was incredibly annoying. Yes. We got back and... Um, a nice lunch on the boat. I wanted to ask you a question, actually. When I, was, when I was driving over, I thought this. Have you eaten any of that lamb that... Oh, it's, uh, in, it's in the freezer. Why haven't you eaten it? Because it's in the freezer. Right. We will eat some over Christmas. Right. This is lamb for... I had five, six, rather, lambs which I, I had them in, a, in the field by my house over the summer. They came in about April, May, and fattened them up on the grass and on some extra feed. And they got quite friendly, and they... Not with you, they didn't. And they got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then in about uh, November, uh, I decided to take them to the abattoir. And I needed help, and Paul came to help me take these six sheep, which he, Paul had got to know quite well, actually. You, you, uh, and um, 
I think everyone had really got to know them, although they were very boring because whenever I came out the house, they thought I was going to feed them. And then... You were just the meal ticket. So I'd ended up going round the other side of my house to, to, to or, or ducking underneath a wall one occasion so that the sheep wouldn't see me, and I thought, this is terrible, they've got to go. I liked seeing that one butt you whenever you went in there. That yeah. was really funny. Yeah. And it really liked me, that sheep. The it, big one, is that? Yeah, it couldn't bar. It went, bleh, bleh, yeah. this noise. So yeah. I knew I could really identify him. It was quite difficult taking him to be killed. Why would, would, you, would you shoot one of those sheep in the forehead then with a 410 shotgun? Yeah, more, in a way, I think I probably would, more than what we eventually had to do, which was to get them, first of all, before dawn in the dark, after quite a wet night, we had to get these sheep into the back of our animal trailer and they did not want to go. I mean, they were half Welsh, so they're naturally quite rebellious breed and difficult breed, unbiddable breed. Suspicious as well. But they were suspicious and they knew something was going on. And I suspect Paul and I had whatever the, fer the pheromone is or the hormone in our breath because they... And I remember struggling with one, really struggling, and it, was, it, was, it wasn't fighting for its life at that point. It kind of was. And I thought, oh, my God, this is a really powerful life force. And it's it was between my legs. You remember, it nearly got away with yeah. us. Uh, we were, and we were both covered in mud. And Mum pulled me across the ground. Yeah, yeah Paul hang on to it. Thank God or else it would have been running down the lanes of Pilton. <laughs> we down. wrestled them in, actually. Yeah, it was really difficult getting them in. And we were OK in the car. But isn't it up. interesting, at the point when you're wrestling the sheep, there's a point where you're thinking, let's try and do this in a, in a kind of a... In an ordered and gentlemanly way, I suppose you could describe it. Or what, what, what's the other way? Of, a compassionate way, I suppose. But there's a point when the sheep wrestles and tries to escape and you have to go... Use force. You just use force. A, a vet has a look at them and to check for any disease. It's a bit odd that they're being checked for their health just before they're killed. But Those who are about to die. Yeah, those who are about to die. And then there's a kind of metal uh, shutter... Uh, which I guess must be opened up and they're pushed underneath it uh, into some kind of arrangement. But I didn't, I didn't see yeah, the funnelling or, or, the, or the killing. That's what but they used I to call it. But I saw blood coming across the floor and I could hear... I could hear the clang and the moan of the... You know, the clang of the steel and the moan of the animals. And I looked at my little sheep and said, bye-bye, see you on the other side. And uh, went back... Uh, to the car with Paul and, 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 and we, we drove the trailer off empty. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a really, it, it, it is a pity that we can't kill them one by one over a period on, on my field and then get a, a, someone in to skin them and butcher them myself. I know how to butcher a, a, a sheep and just do it all at home. I really liked those sheep, and like I'd look, they were recognisable, and they all had their own characters. That's for sure. They were, some were timid, and a couple of them were quite upfront. One was definitely the leader, and they were, and like you know, I used to pet them, and I liked them. And so, taking them to their deaths was seemed weird. It felt like, do you know about the Judas sheep? Do you know about that? They have a sheep that leads the others in. That leads the others in. Yeah. yeah. I think you went off home, and the next morning I got up, and I was very used to the sheep. Um, calling for food quite early in the morning. I could even hear it from my bedroom, and I'd think, oh, for goodness sake, stop it. I really did hear the silence of the lambs. I said to... Jono was there, and I said, Jono, listen to that. That is the silence of the lambs. It was really uh, an active 
absence of noise. Then I went to pick up the, the, the meat and I looked at the meat in the back of the car. I had to take the carcasses first of all to the butchers and then, and then they, the, and they cut it into cuts. And then I, so I saw both those carcasses in the back, six carcasses lying there, and then I saw them in boxes. I immediately cooked a shoulder. I just put it straight in with some red wine and uh, I had a little bit of trouble with it. I Did you? I had a little bit of trouble with it. <laughs> well, <laughs> Were the faces looming out of the darkness? No, no, it was more like, this is too much, I'm already full. I got to the dish and I took it out of the oven yeah. and I looked at it and thought, I'm not hungry anymore. So quite kind of visceral. And I don't know if it was I'm not morally hungry or, you know, I don't know quite what it was. Um, I was convinced that if I left it a bit, I would soon get my appetite back for that. I'm sure, yeah. yeah. I'm sure I will. But it made, it, it, it made me stop and think about it and I think that's probably a good thing, actually. Hmm. It's probably a good thing, so. What about synthetic meat? I, and, it just, that just seems so horrible. It seems like the worst of both worlds. It's Synthetic like, meat? Yeah, yeah. But they're growing it out of the same stem cells, apparently, now. They can grow a steak, and it bleeds like a steak, and it tastes like a steak, except there's no animals involved. Yeah, it just sounds dreadful. What are they going to make? I would rather eat, eat beans and... Do you know what they're going to make, Guy? These what? sort of quivering, weird creatures. That... Yeah. And they kind of look like a sausage with little legs, and the legs are only there for them to stand up. And shit comes out of them, but it's just because of the production process of the meat. They've got no bones in them. They've got no eyes. They've got no brain. So they're not really alive. They're just like a quivering... So they can like walk between the bun. And then you just slam the bun on top of them. No, and then what happens is... Clip off the legs. They just get harvested. Yeah, exactly. By a machine. But the meat tastes exactly like meat. It doesn't taste... Well, it might taste exactly like meat to you, but it doesn't to me. Because the thing about the taste of something, meat particularly, is that it's freighting the history of the animal. If, you're, if you have any respect at all for, your, for yourself, it should. I don't eat food, eat meat, that, uh, who, who, which I don't know where it came from. I, I wouldn't do that. It's true, some sausages, I'm not sure in every respect, but beef... <laughs> you're you know, kidding. You know, but but, but, but I, I'll eat some sausages. Well, well it's a bit darker, but I, mean, it's, I know it's organic. Them, I know it's organic. But I won't eat beef unless I know basically where, where the cow was and, and where it came from. You didn't know where those duck breasts came from in France. That's absolutely true, and I'm very suspicious of them when I saw the size of them. Massive. We made ma Magret de Canard. Steroidal. Yeah, and it, it tasted okay. Well, oh, delicious. Mm, mm. I, I think, though, don't you think that the future is going to be interesting? I mean, um, what if, for instance, the a what if the AI gets a taste for food? That'll be interesting. If it becomes really elaborated, it might start eating us. Yeah. <laughs> AI doesn't have a mouth, Paul. It will have. How is it going to have a mouth? It can just make itself one. You haven't got your head around the AI. Have no, you, I definitely guy? haven't. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should eat humans, though. They're tasty. There's no doubt about that. People get a taste for them. A bit like certain countries getting a taste for dogs. You know, they end up eating dogs. Apparently, someone told me, a, a Korean person once told me, that the people in Korea who eat dog. She said that some people shun them. A lot of people shun them because they smell slightly different. Your dog eaters. <laughs> what do you think of that? Well, I can. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people who don't eat pork, say that it does horrible pork things to pork people. Smell eaters. different. Yeah, I'm sure they do behind our backs. You know, <laughs> or maybe to maybe to my face. If I are you a bit of a pork fan guy? I love. I love some pork. I love some. Uh, yeah. I, 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 particularly, I like some processed pork, heavily processed pork. 
Because... Direct contradiction to what you just said. Yeah, I know Ginsters is my heroine. Ginsters? I mean, how the hell do you know where that's come from or what's it? No, it's absolutely true. I, I do, you know, I do go off the wagon a bit <laughs> from the point of view of the provenance of my meat and it, Ginsters. But I'm, 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 you know, they, ne they always deliver on taste, Ginsters. What about what you were saying the other day as well about the animals? Because that's really freaking me out at the moment. Like, there are no insects anymore. What would it look like? I'd love to have a look. Will it be a smouldering heap? The be, world? Yeah. Or will it all be like little little thorium reactors outside every every village and, like you say... Sweden, basically. Yeah. Will it go to Sweden or Syria? Mm. You know, it's one where, where, you know, which direction are we headed? It looks like we're hammering down the path towards Syria mm. a bit mm. faster Just than Aleppo, Sweden at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But... I, whether or not I feel responsible for it, I think it's more responsible just to be to be honest to yourself. You have more of a responsibility to be honest to yourself. And if you're like not very good at conservation, just accept it and say, I'm a bit wasteful and I'm a bit extravagant. And, you know, for me to go, I really care about the fish, is rank hypocrisy, bro. <laughs> It is. Oh, in fact, if I was a fish and I heard me saying, oh, it really matters about the fish, I would go, fuck, guy. How many lobsters has he eaten? How Did much? You... How many times has he been to Scots? Yeah, right, and had a fouille de mer so and guy... gabbled away with his yeah. mates while so guy, talking then, about so if how... You, if you are not capable of taking those steps yourself, then surely what we have to do is we have to put a government in there who are going to make you do it. And not this lot. Because well, they, they won't make well, you do anything. Well, they kind of nudge me. At, they, at, they nudge me on the light look bulbs. At, they look nudge at, me on the night bulbs. Look at Trump. He's revoking every single pr protection, opening up national parks for fracking, deregulating this, deregulating that, you know, because he likes small government. That's what all this is about. Shouldn't we be putting, putting a government, a difficult government, in place in this country who will force the likes of you, and probably me to an extent, you know, to, to, do, to do something about it? Well, you know... Isn't that logical? No. <laughs> you can't deny that that's a logical thing, you know. Well, you can't put a government. Because you've just in said that, I won't that, do it. You know, I need yeah. to be made to do it. Yeah. But maybe so, I won't do it is what got us this far, and it's okay oh, to be resistant to we it. We need to tax the fuck out of you. Well, you know, and I noticed. Like I, you know, you. I bought. I bought an air ticket uh, uh, yesterday, and, and I just and saw that nearly half of the uh, half of the half of the bill was taxed. So part. where's all the fucking money going? The government should be doing something about it anyway, shouldn't they? We shouldn't have to be voting in extremists to get something done. But that is what's going to end up happening. Yeah, I think it is happening. I, you know, it's just that it's, it's I mean, all look, going at an astonishingly... Uh, uh, j just as It's just getting faster and faster and faster, the, the, uh, the, the decline, the decay. It's just going downhill so much faster. If, uh, I saw, saw some old photographs of the countryside... Um, and it's just shocking how fluffy and overgrown and, and all beautiful, it, you know, the hedgerows and the woods were in these old... It must have been probably not even Edwardian, maybe even interwar photographs of, mm. of, of uh, Somerset, where I live. Mm. And, it's, and it's totally unrecognisable now. Mm. I, I think that the chainsaw was one of the most, uh, one of the most influential... Uh, uh, developments, uh, uh, technological developments, because when the chainsaw came, it meant it just made our changed our relationship with trees totally. Because to cut a big tree down with an axe 
Mm. is a hell of a lot of work. You mm. really have to be committed to it. And what's lovely about trees, if you give up halfway through, the tree won't die. It'll just heal itself, you know, and have one of those like, kind of things in the bark. You know, you really have to, you know, when you see uh, what, you know, a, a, a large tree being chopped down by blokes with axes and there's huge saws, you know, that they... Uh, well, again, we're back to science, aren't we? Because it was the Industrial Revolution and the, the, it could be argued there were a series of smaller industrial revolutions after the big one where things got... Um, Made more modular and more accessible to the man in the street, or the you know the woman in the street, whoever you could go along to a shop and buy a smaller version of these big industrial machines that were being used, like you could buy a car, you know. And, and so again, it's down to science, isn't it? But we should just ban scientists, revoke science, become luddites, destroy all that. Yeah, but the moment we want, we've got an inf a child with an infection, we want them to have antibiotics, you know, mm. and. Uh, that uh, doesn't really work that way either. No, it's no. a mess, but thing, I think it's much better to embrace the mess because you cannot sort it out. And all that we're going to do, Paul, is drive ourselves even more fucking crazy than we are. Do you think that it's David Attenborough is right about there being too many people then? Do you think that's oh, the yeah. bottom line? Well, it looks to me like a, like a fairly major one. And at the same time, as me going, there are too many people. If there were less people, then there'll be more resources. Da -de -da -de -da. I then go out, and almost every, not every woman, but loads of women I know, I've got fertility issues and are going to huge lengths mm. to, to, to try and have children. And it's like we've got to be putting our tax into increasing their fertility. At the same time as wringing our hands, going, the solution is to have a, a lower, you know, le a, a lower population. It's like, it's such a mess. It's better just to say it's a mess. It's a crazy, tangled mess, and who knows what's going to happen. We're probably heading to Mars. I mean, we're heading to a landscape like Mars rather than, like, you know, some beautiful, jungly, wonderful places. How many... What's the, what's the population of the Earth? 7.5 billion. 7.5 billion? Is it? And when I was born, it was 2.5. Right. Just in my life, it's gone up five billion and it's going up faster. And that's why it's hard to rent a house in Pilton. And I know it's the case. Well, according to sheer pressure of numbers, what it's do you know, doing to the housing in Pilton. According to my calculations, that means that per, for every human being on the earth, there's 68,000 square metres for every individual. Unfortunately, a lot of the earth is water. Right. Well, I'm not going for the water, but can I pick which bit I have, which acreage I have? Well, let's just divide that by three, and then you get roughly 22,600 square metres per person. No, I don't even know quite what that is, but I suspect that's about, uh, like, a supermarket. It's what, what 22,000? Yeah. yeah. Kind of medium-sized supermarket, yeah, yeah. yeah. Per person. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah, at the moment. It's not very much. Really. It's a meaningless statistic, Paul. That it doesn't add <laughs> anything to the debate. Yeah, you went all excited so, and got on your computer and, 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 and did a calculation. Calculation, and it just like it does not throw any light on it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's impossible to throw a fucking light on this subject. That's why it's, we mustn't waste too much time trying. So what are we going to do then? Have fun, Doctor Guy. Yeah, live. back to that again. Live before we die. Yeah, and use these resources that have been given to us, knowing that generations will not be able to use them again. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you're, it's, it's, anything, it's more difficult to you. You don't anything, have the little eyes of your grandchildren looking at you who hopefully won't listen to this. And but you, if they do, I'm sure they'll go, thanks, uh, Grandad. Do you, hold, do you hold out any hope at all that the, that the scientific community will come up with a solution to some of these problems? Or 
Yeah, and create others on, at the same time, yeah. just like they always do. And, yeah. the, and the artists and the religious people will do the same thing, I'll create some solutions and some problems. And I don't think it'll go, I don't think it'll go puff and everyone will disappear. I think just, my, my, my version of future that I always go to is a book called Ridley Walker. Have you read it? By Russell Hoban. It's not actually nearly as um, a well-known book as it should be because it's a, it's, it's a fantastic book. And it's set after the apocalypse. And it's, this, uh, it's, it's not nearly as grim as the road because they're not eating each other. Mm. But they're, they're trying to piece... They can't Paris. remember. They, they can't remember, but, you, but they have some things in their language that when you read it, you go, oh, right. They understand, you know, they've got some, for instance, geographic places. So it's Canterbury, a bit like it's... they talk about Canterbury a lot. They don't know what it is. They so it's talk a bit about... like a study of the Eloy, in a way. Right. Blonde-haired, fair people who lived at the end of time in the, in, in the, in the time machine, the H.G. Wells story. And the, and the Morlocks live underground and eat them. Because the Eloy go to these libraries and everything's all decayed and they, they don't remember what they were for, really. Yes, it's a bit like that. Yeah. And, they, and you... Uh, I, when I when I read it, I seen the the, the 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 I don't know the plot was quite simple, didn't need to be complicated, and the plot seems to be that it looks like the thing that they're trying to make or get hold of, the secret that they that they believe they're on the edge of discovering is how to make gunpowder, but uh, but and you just think on no, it's going to start all over don't again. Do that. Yeah, and yeah. it's a, it's a really lovely book and. I, and I, I see that as Spoiler that's the alert. model. That's the model is that there's going to be a few stunted people with about eighty words between them, gr you know, grunting around under some some stunted odd bushes and trees, and we're going to all start again like that. And and then around them, the wildlife will then reappear over, you know, and it'll it'll just start again, and there'll be a little tiny stray. They will find uh, remnants of an old civilization. Mm. You know, so be it. What that to me is not a huge problem. It's not a huge problem. I don't want to be in the failed race though, because if there are a load of other races out there in space, of which there probably are billions of them, some well, of them what, might. What do you say? Well, out in space, there. Are, when you think about the number of habitable planets that we've discovered, exoplanets, which are the correct distance from their sun to sustain life, they've predicted that the, that there's there's a, a probably a, a mean number of planets which could be assumed reasonably to have the prospect of supporting life and, and evolution in the way that we recognise it. And, and the number is astronomical, it's huge. Mm. And if that's the case, and there are a lot of other life forms out there in the universe, statistically, there must be a number of them who are successful. I don't want to be one of the failed ones that ruins their planet. I think it's really crap. You know. Oh, well, I, you know, I just think that's part. That's that's the way it rolls. That's what happens in well, nature. Well, no, isn't that's it? a shit thick way to say. Like, it. Why? No, that, Why can't we change that? Well, because it's not. It's not. It's not in our nature to keep things in balance. You know, I've seen you at a party, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've seen and myself at a party. You know, it, it's yeah. not. You know, it's not really in my nature. And instead of going, I am now going to be a balanced, moderate person who acts in a way that, you know, in accordance with all these conservation uh, uh, rules. And maybe in a two or three generations they would have trained train themselves to do it. But, you know, driving through Caution uh, a minute ago and seeing some youths hanging around there, it didn't look to me like we're uh, uh, evolving to a higher form of humanity. You don't know what they were discussing. They were emptying, they were kicking a, dust, a, a, a <laughs> dustbin across the street, <laughs> filming each other, trying to jump on it. 
no. They were like really nice, low-grade rural vandals. Oh, no. But they looked quite fun. They didn't look horrible. But I, I did think that this is, you know, if the, that is the future of humanity. It's hardwired, that's what it's, you're saying. That's what we want to do. It's hardwired. And let us it. do it. And it's such a pity, but there we are. It's who we are. And, like, better to go, that's who I am. And I think definitely not to outrage the fish by going, I really think it's terrible how much fish we eat while gobble down at not, to, in <laughs> The <Scots>. last turbot. <laughs> exactly, you know, while, while, I'm, while I'm pining on the, you know, their dreadful fate. Do you know that poem by Robert, is it Brown John? Is it called To See the Rabbit? Do you know that poem? No. Come on. Come on. I'm going to read it to you. Uh, I've got... Paul, Paul started reading quite a lot of poetry. It's really nice. It's one he's got... He's, he's really good at reading it. It's Alan Brown John, who was, I think, was, a, was regarded... I'm not sure, but I think they saw him as a British beat poet. And he says, he says, To see the rabbit. We are going to see the rabbit. We are going to see the rabbit. Which rabbit, people say? Which rabbit, ask the children? Which rabbit? The only rabbit. The only rabbit in England. Sitting behind a barbed wire fence under floodlights, neon lights, sodium lights, nibbling grass. On the only patch of grass in England, in England. Except the grass by the hoardings, which doesn't count. We are going to see the rabbit, and we must be there on time. First we will go by escalator, then we will go by underground, then we shall go by motorway, and then by helicopter, and the last ten yards we will have to go on foot. And now we are going, all the way to see the rabbit, and we are nearly there, and we are longing to see it, and so is the crowd, which is here in thousands, with mounted policemen and big loudspeakers and bands and banners, and everyone has come a long way, but soon we shall see it, sitting and nibbling the blades of grass in... But something has gone wrong. Why is everyone so angry? Why is everyone jostling and slanging and complaining? The rabbit has gone. Yes, the rabbit has gone. He has actually burrowed down into the earth and made himself a warren under the earth. Despite all these people, what shall we do? What can we do? It is a pity. You must be disappointed. Go home and do something else for today. Go home. Go home for today. You cannot hear the rabbit under the earth. Remark him rather sadly to himself, by himself, as he sits in his warren under the earth. It won't be long. They are bound to come. They are bound to come and find me, even here. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. Yeah. Grim. <laughs> oh, well. We have been, that's just ridiculous. Come along this one.